Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to the Modern Counterculture. This is Bo Boatman, um, recording again from uh, the mobile setup. Uh, we, I went ahead and did an episode uh, just a few weeks ago uh, with a buddy of mine, Lawrence, on this uh, this new setup. Um, although I didn't really uh, set it up correctly, um, I didn't have the proper equipment at the time, so the audio was a little funky on that episode. I might go ahead and release that anyway. Um, it's still uh, listenable. So you, you can go in and listen to it. It's just a little, uh, it doesn't sound the best, but I'm going to go ahead and release that. But um, today I want to go ahead and introduce you to um, my good friend Wes. Um, we met, um, I would say, probably a few months ago in um, uh, in a youth group, um, just kind of hit it off. Um, he, we've done a little bit of business together, um, but he has a beautiful mind. He's highly intelligent. He uh, gets into the word, um, but he has a particular interest in um, this uh, creation science, um, the, the science behind um, what, what, what's within the Bible, what we believe, and um, studying that. So, uh, Wes, if you kind of want to go ahead and introduce yourself and just um, kind of preface what, what you want to talk about or what you've been studying as of recently, go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, again, my name is Wes Lockery. Uh live here in Naples, Florida. I'm from West Virginia originally. Um, and uh, kind of where my journey started was a long time ago. I I was talking to a friend. I was kind of, you know, I, I didn't really come from a strong Christian household, but we, we believed in God and, and um, hopped around to different churches and stuff when I was younger. But uh, there was this, this gnawing thing in the back of my mind, and it always troubled me, and it always hindered my faith from growing into what it should be and what it is today and that is what about dinosaurs you know like i learned about dinosaurs i loved dinosaurs when i was a kid i read every dinosaur book i could find in the library but where did they fit into the bible because the bible clearly teaches that god made the world in six days and the world is you know less than ten thousand years old um I mean, I'm not going to put an exact date on things, but you can add the the ages up in the Bible, and you get you get a kind of a, an approximate day age of the world. Um, and based on what these books, you know, these kids' books, and what the Discovery Channel and everything's telling us, dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. And how could that be true and the Bible be true at the same time? And the answer is, it can't be. But I remember a friend of mine named Kevin Baker, uh, we were kind of talking about this, and I was like, you know, this is something that troubles me. And, and he said, well, have you watched Kent Hovind's seminars? It just just look up on YouTube, Age of the Earth, Kent Hovind. And it's a seven-part seminar, you know, and um, you know, I don't agree with everything Kent Hovind uh, teaches in general, but... Like, I strongly believe that God put that man on the earth to make that seven-part seminar and strengthen millions of people's faith. Um, and he has led millions of people to the Lord through those seminars. Um, and he just lays out a, a very just common sense look at the Bible and the, the facts of scientific reality. And just like, if you really look at the facts... The Bible is 100% true, and you have to actually contradict what the evidence that is around, the, the, the true scientific evidence points to the Bible being true, okay? And 
if you say, I believe in science, then you believe in the Bible because that's what science agrees with. If you say, I, you know, I'm an atheist, uh, I'm an I'm a evolutionist, I believe the world is millions of years old, I believe dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago, like you can believe that, but it's a fairy tale and there is no scientific evidence to prove that. And, you know, I, I've gone on this journey um, since I was a young man, I'm 32 now, and, and they got all kind of started when I was 19, and, and there for a few years I really lost my way. Um, but I, you know, I came back to, to my faith in Christ and stronger than ever. And I remember I prayed a prayer to him. Um, I said, Lord, I, you know, Jesus, if you're God, make it so clear to me that I can never deny it. And the Holy Spirit took me on a journey through, um, through I mean, time, space, the past, geology, um, cosmology, everything. I mean, I just wrestled with everything the Bible said, and the Bible always came out true. When I dug into any question about like like dinosaurs or or stars or how can um how can stars be billions of light years away, but we can still see them if the earth and, and the universe isn't billions of years old. Like it, it, every question I had, there is a logical scientific answer. And it's not just some like, you know, contrived thing that like, it's like, like trying to fit a puzzle piece in where it doesn't fit. It's like, no, this is what the, the reality of things are. And yeah, that, and that's, that's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a, tenured professor i haven't you know i don't have much college I, I i you know a little bit shy of an associate's degree but i love to read and i love the lord and and i'm a student and uh, you know i've spent years talking about this and studying it and and i'm not particularly qualified i guess you could say like i i wouldn't get hired by a university to teach a class on this stuff but i think that's that gives power to what i'm saying because this is just a layman's understanding of reality the things i know Everybody who's a Christian should know because there is a there's a war going on, you know, like it says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil knows what he's doing, and, and he's always, since the dawn of time, or since he fell shortly thereafter, waged a war on truth, because the first thing he asked Eve when she the, the the thought to even question God under your mind is, yea, hath God said. He's been questioning what God said since the beginning, and that's all that uh, evolutionism or humanism, as they're the same thing, it's just two sides to the same coin. That's all it is. It's just a new question that, hey, you know, is what God said really true? And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of a long answer to as an introduction, but I just kind of want to lay it all out, you know? No, no, no that's good. That's good. And um I think you hit a lot of interesting points, um, especially with, you know, you know, where you started out, you know, this idea of this interest with dinosaurs. I mean, when I was younger, I had a, a great interest in dinosaurs. I'd memorize dinosaur names. I'd figure out when they were around in millions of years ago, quote unquote. And um, yeah, I had a great interest in that. But And I think that really speaks to where, um, where, you know, science sort of started out with this this theory almost and, and ran with it uh, back with Charles Darwin. Um, if you really look into who Charles Darwin was, you know, the, the idea, the man who behind mm -hmm. this 
this, this theory of evolution. The, the man was really, he, he weaponized these beliefs in a very dangerous way at times. You could see the, the demonic energy behind yeah. what, what he proposed. Uh, he used it as uh, to legitimize you know, racism, eugenics, Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, uh, various different things, and uh, you, you even look at sort of his private life. Like he oh, came yeah, yeah. to marry his, I think he came to marry his cousin. He married some, his first cousin. Yeah, yeah, which completely goes against his ideas of evolution. Because wouldn't that just be self desecration? Because his offspring would not be able to to thrive. You know, it's just t- the theories that he followed were really, I think, supplanted to some degree by by satan you know um not to say that there there isn't some evidence of, of relative uh connection between certain animals and, and such but i think uh the the full theory behind it was really uh used as an as a weapon and um you can really see that in how quickly um our our society has come to kind of adopt that um, especially back in the 20th century. Oh, yeah. We look back how they immediately hopped over to this new uh, theory of evolution, and we've just been receiving it as if it's as, as if it's fact for for decades now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's interesting because all the major fields of science were founded by men who most of them were Christians, and if not Christians, at least deists, at least people who believed in some sort of creator, you know, um, which, I mean, that's a whole different topic, really. I mean, we're, we're basing this on a biblical uh, a biblical um, understanding of things, um, which is the true understanding of things, which is the understanding that science supports, because there's nothing unscientific or contradictory in the Bible. You know, the Bible is the best, um, the best preserved, truest recording of human history out of um, anything. Um, and it's interesting because time and time again, just on a side note, like like uh, as recently as the 1800s, people were saying that places like Nineveh weren't even real. Okay, um, the Bible talked about the city of Nineveh, and people would say that oh, it wasn't even a real place. And then they find these places, and, they, the, the, and time and time again, archaeology finds these places that the Bible talks about. That critics of the Bible um, just just try to deny that they even exist, and then they brush that their 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 ignorance under the carpet and, and act, try to act like it never happened. But it, you know, it's recorded. It, the, things like that always happen um and even today like uh there was a monk back in he lived in between 1822 and 1884 his name was gregor mendel and he proved that i mean he didn't even have a microscope he couldn't he didn't know about dna but he proved with his research that that no one type of um of of a creature or species if you will can become another he pushed um like he he crossbred peas and and different kinds of plants and everything and he he realized like you can never make a pea into something it isn't you you see Mm -hmm. um he proved like you can you can make all these different variations within a kind of animal or plant but you can never change it into something else there's there's limitations and um 
that's exactly what Darwin saw when he went on his journey. And, uh, you know, Darwin, I don't know. We could we could make this all about Darwin and his qualifications and his just, I mean, honestly, Darwin is just as unqualified to talk about scientific things as I am. All right, he did, he had no college education that was relevant. Actually, he went to school to be a, a Anglican priest, and he because he um, his father didn't know what else to do with him because he was kind of a dunce. And he um, then he found him a job on this ship that it was like unpaid. It was just like, well, I won't have to pay to th- feed my son anymore because like Darwin was just he was a burden to his family. And he went on this journey, and and like you said, the the devil took advantage of the situation. But you know, we have to remember too that the devil is just you know that Satan and his kingdom and and the forces of of darkness, which are to to someone who's not wrapped up in our our belief system, you know, that might seem like a strange place to take things. But the reality is, like angels and demons are real, um, and they're, they live in a higher dimension. Uh, they're very powerful. They're very ancient. They're very wise. They're very crafty. And, um, you know, the, those, those forces of darkness used two things, which are, you know, everyone knows, like every Christian knows our enemies are, are the devil and his kingdom, our own flesh and pride and the world. All right. And he took advantage of, of the world and people's pride wanting to have something to believe that, that excludes God so that they could justify their racist, evil, tyrannical plans. And as soon as evolution started being taught, you had widespread widespread pandemonium, all right? It destroyed the fabric of society. Families started caving in. Um, immorality started taking over and in Europe before in the in, in America it didn't really take it didn't really start degrading society in America till the like about the 60s on a large scale um but i mean world war 1 and 2 were really fueled by this racist nationalistic ideology that was you know really the intention behind um the teaching of evolution and it's interesting when the communists took over uh, China, the first thing they started teaching, they didn't bust out Lenin's books. They took out Darwin's books. They started teaching Darwinism because they knew that a population who doesn't believe in God and absolute morality can be more easily controlled and they can be made to do unspeakable things in the name of of um, of nationalism and of the state. Mm-hmm. When you When you make a nation godless in that way, what becomes the new god is the nation itself, or or, or the the the, t- the tyranny itself. You know, uh, you can see that in terms of how Stalin ran his, ran the USSR and Lenin as well. They outlawed churches. They made you work seven days a week so that you wouldn't have a Sabbath. Um, they they would r- yeah. removed religious texts, and it was all in a in a way to. Uh, make the sole god within your society be uh, the regime you know yeah. and to to put full power within that there's no higher power than the soviet union than the than than stalin than yeah. the leader of this country and darwinism and uh, evolution was key in that in a lot of ways and i i liked what you said about um 
about things about uh, species becoming other species. Um, mm-hmm. If you, I mean, it, it's obvious with you know where we are on a regular basis and looking at uh, you know species around us. I mean, you look at dogs. We've been selectively breeding dogs for thousands of years. Yeah, it doesn't make them any less dogs. Yeah. They're not something yeah. different now. They they're different in their terms of characteristics, but they're still dogs. You know, um, and when you look at things like watermelons, bananas, you, these are all selectively bred um, fruits, veg- fruits and vegetables and yeah. such. Uh, but that doesn't make them any less. You know, watermelons or bananas. They're not something different than what they originally were. We've just bred them for characteristics sake, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, we can fall into that trap of, of believing that um, that things can change and we can evolve, you know, like yeah. the banana is no longer the banana at once. What like, but that's, it's just not true. Um, but um, I really wanted to kind of get into more. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started here um, and you kind of, this is kind of goes back to our talk on the regimes, you know, this idea that um, that humanism and evolution um, is a religion. It's in and it's felt in a, excuse me in of itself mm-hmm. and almost as like a form of paganism. Um, and I wanted to kind of pick your brain on that a little bit more because a lot of times people think evolution and uh, um, in this humanism and postmodernism and you think, oh, well, I'm above religion. You know, yeah. this is not oh, this, yeah. I, I, this is just I am outside of that. But it's what you were explaining was it's it's not that at all. No, you know? yeah, it really rubs. It's funny because if you tell an atheist like uh, like atheism is their religion, it really it'll upset them. It rubs them the wrong way. You know, it'll really get them riled up and angry. Um, but it's the truth. I mean, it takes more faith to believe in evolutionism, and I love calling it that evolutionism. Because uh, that's what it, it's an ism. It's a it's a it's a belief system. It's not a. They talk about it like evolution's an accepted fact, and the fact is that it's not. It's not, and it's only propaganda that supports it. Uh, it fables, um, lies, really. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, um, all belief systems answer three fundamental questions. All right. It's who am I, why am I here, and where am I going when I die, all right? And, the you know, obviously, like, believing in God says, you know, like, who am I? I'm a creation of God. Why am I here to, to glorify God? Where am I going when I die, you know? To be with the Lord. You know, that's what we believe. Like, that that's... But atheism says, who am I? I'm, I'm an accident, Right, I'm a cosmic burp. I'm I'm nothing. I'm some scum that crawled up from the bottom of the ocean, you know. And uh, or you know the 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 you know who am I? So I'm this scum that climbed up onto the bottom from the bottom of the ocean. But you know through death and and conquer and being more fierce and deadly than than my opposition, you know, I, um, I've subdued the world and now I'm the height of create, you know, of, um, I say uh, the height of creation, but you know, in, in their mind, the height of, of the, the, um, everything and food chain. the food chain. Yeah. I'm at the top of the food chain. That's who I am, you know? And, and, uh, you know, why am I here to, to have as much pleasure as possible to, to overcome my, my enemies, to be the best, to have the most, to be God. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 
It makes man his own God. Um, and, and where am I going when I die? Like back to the world, you know, like uh, this is it. So I better live it up now and, and get as much as I can while I'm here because it ain't getting any better than this, buddy. So you can inherently see how it's easier to get people who believe that kind of stuff to do things like, you know, um, burn six million Jews or, uh, you know, throw people into gulags or, or I mean, like every all those evil tyrants empires were built on racist evolutionism uh the japanese believed they were more they they had they did this pseudoscience tests and they they said like oh look you know we're the most evolved type of people you know that there is and they taught that to uh, the children and young men at the time and it was their racist supremist agenda that drove them to go out and i mean kill millions and millions of people and just wreak all kinds of havoc across half the world um people don't really talk as much about all the wicked evil things that the japanese empire did in the 30s but i mean they really really did some evil things and it's just as racist and just as driven by nationalistic ideology as what the nazis did um it it, 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 it doesn't end you know it just goes on and on and and um it takes a lot of faith to believe in um in atheism because the fact is that like i said before and we can get into it it's hard to just like cover everything it's easier just to like okay like what about this what about that you know look at the facts in certain areas like um what about dinosaurs we can talk about dinosaurs what about the ice age did that really happen well yes absolutely it's tied in with the flood and, and science proves it um, we can talk about that, you know, and there's there's a few different theories on on how that all went down, but they're based on science. and and that's let's have a real conversation about science. But when you take evolutionism and you you try to fit, it's like you're trying to fit that puzzle piece in. Like they still don't have any evidence that man evolved from anything. In fact, that anything has ever evolved from anything. And to take it back to Mendel, his science is, it was made illegal to study anything that was... He was one of the first scientists to ever really study um, genetics. And his findings and research were illegal in communist Russia. Really? In the Soviet Union. Illegal. And I think they're still censored in um, in China today. I'm not sure about that, but I know that his research was illegal. If you were found with talking about Mendel, like you get thrown into a gulag. That's because it's so conclusive and so in terms of scientific study primitive and just with that primitive re- he proved you cannot make things in anything else and that's exactly what the bible teaches god made kinds of animals god had um god sent two of every kind of animal onto the boat with noah and from that we have all this plethora of life today all these different kinds of animals um and that's what Darwin saw on the Galapagos Islands. These creatures that had ended up in these these obscure, isolated islands had had um, had adapted different features to survive and and thrive in their environment. And that just points to the brilliance of God that that He made animals and and, and us as well to you know 
be able to adapt to our environment so we can so we can survive and thrive you mm-hmm. know so if you take uh if you take dogs and you put them in a cold environment the dogs you know the, the short-haired you know if they're just living on their own out out in the outside the short-haired dogs aren't going to make it mm-hmm. you know it's going to be too cold they won't make it through the winter and very quickly within just a few generations all the dogs will have long hair but you know, if you did the same thing and took a, a population of dogs and put them out in the desert, they would quickly, um, you know, they they would have to adapt. They would adapt, and it would adapt to prefer uh, features that are that help them do well and thrive in a warm environment. Yeah, but I I get what you're saying. You know, if you look at you can't exactly breed species together. For example, like if you look at like a like a donkey. And a, a horse, if you build, mm-hmm. if you breed them together, you're going to get a mule. But here's the thing: the mule's barren. You can't you can't really yeah. pr- reproduce the mules. And I think that's how, that's intentional that that God has created these kinds to where uh, there's a limit on creating this new thing. You know what I mean? And that, um, that there's specific kinds that exist within our within our world yeah. and they were designed in specific ways and the, the, these kinds can adapt to their environments but mm-hmm. at the end of the day they're still the same thing they are but um yeah but uh what you in, uh, said about um once again about the regimes in, in, in the japanese empire and, and um the ussr as well uh, i think a lot of times when you look at evolution and in this science um yeah i think you can oftentimes you run into um, basically you're legitimizing eugenics a lot of in a yeah, lot of instances. Uh, that's a big driving factor behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's really because what you're doing is you're deducing. Uh, you're, you're doing two things. Well, at the same time, you're deducing humans to animals, mm-hmm. and that and animals, you know, you can are below humans in terms of their moral standings and such you know yeah. they're they're moralists they're they're spiritless um and you're deducing humans down to that but at the same time you're uplifting the elite within humanity to yeah. gods that that can command what must be done um and i I've, I've seen this uh you know within you know climate change you, you see this with the world economic forum as of yeah. recently uh with people with uh like um like Bill Gates, you know, who are talking about the next virus, who are, are talking about a new society, how there's a population issue that we need to, yeah. to do, reduce our population, which is basically, that's, that's eugenics at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I think um, continuing to believe in these, this accepting the science of the world, you know, accepting evolution, accepting this and accepting that, you're reducing humans down to animalism, this tribalism. Yeah. And suddenly now th- you have to do, th- you're put in a position to where you act as the God. And mm-hmm. if there is a is a group of people that is preventing certain things from f- from taking place or, 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 or limiting society, it's mm-hmm. better to just... From re- advancing. Yeah, advancing society. You know, yeah. you saw that, we see that with... The Nazis, you know, they wanted their clean Aryan race, yeah. blonde hair, blue eyes. The Jews weren't that, so they're gone. Yeah. They, you, get, you get rid of them. Um, so I really believe that 
a lot of science nowadays, um, like you said, is inspired by the demonic and uh, legitimizes um, self-destruction as it relates mm-hmm. to humanity. Um, and I think we have to really be on guard with that as as Christians, you know, yeah. not being so quick to accept, you know. And that's the other thing, too, is when you don't choose to accept these things, suddenly you're a pariah. You know, you're put on the outside. Uh, you're, oh, yeah, you're, absolutely. You're seen as a, as a denier. You're, you're painted in all these vicious ways. You look at uh, people who, who deny climate change and who, who question it. They're vilified constantly by, by the media. Yeah. Like, like they, as if they're they're ridiculous they're 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 idiots you know like that's that's the the social standard nowadays is like if you deny climate change then you are ignorant and you are arrogant you want to continue the capitalist system you want to see the world burn that's that's what it is it's it's reduced again down to animalism emotion rage yeah from the from the top from the top so that you can conform, and mm-hmm. then suddenly you can go along with what needs to be done, quote unquote. Yeah. When when it comes down to the wire, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it just gives those people more control. You know, like Bill Gates, and uh, you know, uh, um, Bill Clinton, and the people running the UN. They want to be our gods. They want to determine what happens in this world. They want us to look at their their rules and their beliefs and their the things that come down from them you know from on high at the you know from the, they want a one world government they want to be able to determine you know what a farmer living in in West Virginia can do on his own land they want to, they want to be able to tell you what you can and can't grow they want to be able to tell you whether you can you know what kind of car you can drive and um and, and it's it's all just from control it it, it it comes from a place of control um and it's it's driven by greed and hate and uh and racism and it, it's just absolutely ridiculous um but the funny thing is that they have no evidence to back it up you know like yeah okay the the climate's changing, but the climate has always been changing. It always has been changing. All right, changing. and yeah. what? How much of an influence we're having on it or not is? Um, I, I this is kind of off topic, but I guess not really. I recently heard I forget, I forget the guy's name, but he's um, a British politician, and he gave a really good little speech on, um, you know, like look, you like uh, he it was I think he was a member of the House of Commons or something and he gave a speech in the British Parliament talking about look the fact is that England produces such a small percentage of the carbon dioxide released into the air absolutely like, minuscule so you can you can beat and connive and regulate and make all these rules and take away every every last sliver of pleasure that someone can have in their life and all their independence and you could you know make you know, like all of England just burn absolutely no carbon and, and they're all driving electric cars, make make it carbon neutral. And it wouldn't change a thing, really, on the grand scale of things, all right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, sorry to butt in, but yeah, like yeah. I, I'm in uh, my university requires a colloquium class, which is mm-hmm. basically all about, quote unquote, sustainability and climate change and what's going on. And we're taught by this British professor um, and she was talking about her mother who still lives over in the United Kingdom she needs to go every a couple of weeks on a monthly ba- or monthly basis just about to 
to pay for her power on on a on like a on a basis. She basically, you know, will plug in, you know, somewhere. We'll we'll, we'll cash in and then go back to her home, and then her lights are on for the next three weeks. And that's just meant as a way of reducing this the in, impact on you know what and what you're using in terms of like of electricity and power and such. Like they're going to such great lengths to yeah to to you know sustain and to to regulate and all oh, yeah. this stuff. Like they're not going to sell um, gas cars after twenty thirty five. Like and like over in California, they're going to ban the the, the the selling of gas cars. That's so ridiculous. And these policies, it's ironic because they produce more pollution and filth and, and problems than, than the conventional solutions do. When you, when you don't let um, capitalism solve our problems and the free market do its work, you know, as long as, as, long as we make things like, you know, slavery <laughs> illegal, we're doing all right. And, and the, the free market will solve our problems. But, like, people don't consider that... Um, Electric cars cause more pollution than regular conventional gasoline cars, you know? I mean, it, all this stuff's coming out about just how terrible all these heavy metals are on the environment. The disposal of these batteries is toxic. The places they're mined from basically capitalize on pretty much slave labor, and they, they are just toxic holes in the ground. Um, windmills. It's funny because, like, where I'm from in West Virginia, they have all these windmills, all right? Windmills are ridiculous, Oh no! You know what? What where windmills could work and actually like help people is if everybody had a windmill on top of their house. Yeah. Okay. Like that. I, I'm not against the idea of using windmills to produce power, but on a on a large scale, you know, basically like where I'm from, it's uh, I'm I'm from right on the border of West Virginia and Maryland, and there's this beautiful ridge of mountains that runs through Maryland right there, um, and uh, in Garrett County, Maryland. And uh, over in Allegheny County, beautiful, one of the most beautiful places in the country. And they went in, they cut down thousands of trees. They hauled in these these windmills that were made of fiberglass and metal. They burned, I don't know how much diesel fuel hauling them in. So just think about that. Like the diesel fuel that, that it took to put these windmills up, put more carbon in the air than the power plants that would produce energy over the life of those windmills. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they cost so much money. They kill birds. Honestly, I think they destroy the natural environment because now those mountains have all these windmills on top of them. So, like, you got to look. They're an eyesore. Um, They spray, like, they use oil to lube them up, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're constantly spinning. And they they leak. And then they're, like, flinging oil all over the place. Um, And if, if they break once... So, like, one little thing breaks, they have to bring in all, they have to bring in this crane, all right, and it's a very expensive process. It's hauled in in pieces on, like, 20 or 30 trucks, at least. I I, I wish, I I didn't know we would be talking about this, I would have got the numbers right, but, you know, suffice it to say, they burn a lot more diesel fuel, they bring the crane in, it's so expensive to fix that now, like, if a windmill breaks down once, it's now losing money. All this to say that all this stuff is, it's posturing. Like, ironically, FPL owns those windmills up there. And the reason they built them wasn't to produce money. It wasn't to save the environment. It was to look good. It's a PR ploy. 
It's that's all it is. That's all this stuff is like recycling. Recycling is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it causes more trash to end up in the oceans than if we just if 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 there was no recycling, the landfills would be able to handle our trash. Okay, landfills actually are a very very logical and sustainable practice and i know that that sounds like heresy to some people right now but it's the truth you can landfills are very good at what they do they're very um they they have a low impact on the environment now i mean they put liners they drain all that stuff they actually can burn the methane that, that they pull out of there to produce energy um, landfills can be mined for, for precious metals and things like that. Um, and a lot of times after the landfill has, uh, reached its capacity, they, they put a bunch of grass over it and they make them into parks. Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I've driven by them on my yeah. way up to Orlando. There's a big spot where there once was a landfill yeah. and it's basically just, they've put grass over it yeah. now and it's just a large hill and that that's a place now where you can have birds land you have animals up there that's now a place that's being taken up by the environment um but i like what you were saying about you know these windmills how they're going through all this trouble right now because suddenly um sustainability has just become such a a crazy issue within the last 20 30 years um they've gone through all this trouble just essentially for for looks yeah Um, and i think that really speaks to like where we are in terms of uh, it, it, where we need to be in, with sustainability as well. Like, um, I think sustainability is important. It's great. You, you want to keep your environment looking good. You want to take yeah, care of the planet, like, of course. You shouldn't be throwing trash out your window. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be dumping oil in your yard. You, you know, um, burning, like, like leaded gasoline shouldn't have ever been a thing. That was actually, the reason there was leaded gasoline is because it was... Um, that's a whole nother story, but basically it was greed. The, the the there was a solution that was putting you know a little bit of ethanol in the gas actually stops the knocking, which is what they do now. Um, but back when they were putting lead in gasoline, it's because the formula could actually be patented and and capitalized on. Mm-hmm. So that was like a complete again like it's just greed that solves all that creates all these problems. Yeah, um, but um, you know, like I was saying, it's um. Like all of these efforts to go through with sustainability, um, like, and like, like I was saying, like sustainability, it's great, you know. And of course, like if we could find a, a resource that would be equivalent to gasoline that would pump less carbon dioxide into the air, sure, I'd be all for it. But the truth is, it's like we're not there yet in a lot of ways. That's that's my thought. Is we're building these electric cars and stuff, and we're mm-hmm. we're prophesying is like these are like these are going to save the environment but it's like we don't have the resources as of yet to actually produce them to where they're going to actually be sustainable for the environment we're still having to dig up this cobalt and all this nasty metal to to make these batteries um i believe that at some point in the future we will find you know a way to to synthesize fuel in a way that we can run our gasoline cars and have them not be affecting the environment as much as we do mm-hmm. but we're being so quick to jump into sustainability jump into sustainability that we're taking effort to be unsustainable so that we can look sustainable exactly at the end of the day really bo it's about control 
It's about controlling people, but you can't tell them like, oh, we want everyone to drive electric cars because then um, they're easier to track and we can shut the grid down and, and then people can't move from place to place. The range on these things is is way lower and, uh, you know, we don't want the people that are making money off of gasoline to make money anymore. That's what it's really about. But they can't tell you that because that would make them look as greedy as they really are. And, and as much of, you know, they, they just want to be your gods and control your life. So they, they have to do this PR scheme, you know, and it, that's exactly what, I mean, that's what every tyrant in the history of mankind does. It's, it's just a big PR scheme. That's what Hitler did. Um, you know, like Goebbels was in charge of his, um, propaganda ministry and, that the ministry of propaganda and that that that's you know that, that's basically what we're being fed is this propaganda that if you drive an electric car you're doing something good for the environment when actually what you're doing is giving control to the people who want to control your life because you know i can have a gallon of gasoline and go pretty far in a car all right when i was a kid my dad had a, a diesel tank that he'd get filled up out behind, uh, it was on our property, and um, he would have a tanker full of diesel brought in and filled that thing up. And, you know, he he then, I mean, like, think how much he could get done with that diesel fuel or, or gasoline. Gasoline is the one of the batteries just cannot match gasoline in energy storage. There's so much condensed energy stored in gasoline that it, it's just, there's nothing that matches it. All right. Um, if people want, if you want to have an electric car, like one of my uh, my um, my business partners has an electric car, and he doesn't have it because he's trying to save the environment. He, he just he just has it because it's it's cool. It's know? cool. It it and honestly, it saves him money on gas. But he has said it himself, man. The thing about this car is it's hard to go long distances. Yeah, it's hard to go long. It's good for zipping around town, but man, if I if I want to go, like we went to Bush Gardens with a, a bunch of friends a few weeks ago and uh, you know that's about a two-hour drive from here and in the morning he had forgot to charge his car so they had to stop and charge it, it takes 15 20 minutes to charge it okay then they drove there and he had to stop and charge his car again before he could come home so like it's limiting and then he, he's he, where does he go to charge his car and everything when um i rode up there with another friend of mine and we didn't even use half a tank of gas yeah there and back um, so it's, it's just, it's inconvenient. And he's like, man, it really is inconvenient. Yeah. And that comes back to like, it's just simply like the technology just isn't there yet, but people are trying to make it as if we need to be on this right now, yeah. or the, the Amazon rainforests are going to burn and we're going to kill all the polar bears, you know? But the, the truth is we're not there yet. And that's, that's just the end. That's just the truth of the matter. Um, I believe holy that the capitalist system that we have in place mm -hmm. is what will get us to the point where we can have find a energy resource that's even better than well, gasoline the, the the thing is here's the fact all right people have created engines that can run on water yeah and they produce no pollution okay that's the fa that's a fact all right and the people who try to bring that stuff to market get get uh, unalived. Yeah. All right. Um, we could we could convert our cars to run on water. Okay. But where's the money in that, Bo? 
Yeah. Where's the money in that? If I could go fill my car up with a garden hose and drive around, you know, go 400 miles on a on a 15-gallon tank of water. That shoots out hydrogen bubbles or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's It produces, you know, I wasn't, again, researched on this, but I know that ha- there's actually, there's a kid on, on um, TikTok right now who's, like, doing this stuff. He hasn't taken it to market yet, but they've produced these things. But greed and control, you know, like, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, that that's what's going on here. So, like, it's funny because we say, like, oh, we, the technology is not there, but the technology is there, Bo. Mm-hmm. The technology is there, but, but... But the monopolies are trying to withhold that technology. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the pitfalls that comes with with the system, and especially as it as we get closer to from you know having this open market to like a closed market uh that it's just sort of like the elite running it um we have these people in place at the, at the top that are preventing these uh advancements from coming into coming into being yeah. um we didn't have that back 100 years ago during the industrial revolution you had people you saw how how far technology went in just a few decades, uh-huh. you know, you just saw people going from living in these these hut these little wooden huts, you know, and having their their uh, restrooms out in these little outhouses to now people can live in these high rises, these cities yeah. with with plumbing and electricity, and you have these cars running off of gasoline. Like we went so far, in just a, like it within that half of a century. It's insane. But what happened was, eventually, the people who got to the top, they got those monopolies in place. Yeah. And they prevented any further uh, advancement from coming into place, or at least a a lot of it, because Mm -hmm. then that would prevent them from capitalizing where they were able to capitalize. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is all interesting, and I love talking about it, but I kind of want to steer things back to... um, Back to creation science. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because um, it's all related, you know. It's all related. The same people that want us to be controlled economically want to control us spiritually. All right, and the, but the only way they can control us spiritually um, is to lie to us, just like they're lying to us about um, about technology and the environment and everything. Um, so I mean, let's let's take it all the way back to where we started. Let's talk about dinosaurs. Um, let's talk about dinosaurs. Why do you think that they push dinosaurs on kids? Like dinosaurs, like like it's hard. You know, like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid was The Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, I read those child, those children's books, dinosaurs. Yeah, I like, watched that at my grandma's house yeah. when I was real young. You know, I'd love, I'd go to the library and I'd get a children's book. About, I remember I read every single dinosaur book they had in my library in the fourth grade. I remember that very clearly. All the different dinosaurs. Kids love dinosaurs. Um, and the, but everything it starts out with their mythology. 65 million years ago, dinosaurs ruled the earth. And then they talk about the dinosaur and its, its features and, and what they think it, it lived like and whatever. 
with lots of cool pictures and stuff. Kids love dinosaurs, you know? Kids yeah. love lions and rhinos and sharks, you know? Little boys love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you look at the, the trailers they have for these movies and everything. Yeah. It's like 65 million years yeah. in the making. They sensationalize yeah. this idea behind that. Yeah. And it's like th- th- all of it is they are taking something that once existed yeah, and that we 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 don't have current understanding fully. You know, they're, they're not dinosaurs running around that we can point to and say, "Well, there's yeah. a dinosaur." Well, maybe there are, but um, no. I mean, again, like there's not really ignorance on the subject. Maybe 300 years ago we could say there was, but now, like, there is. There, I mean, they have, they have, um. They found soft tissue in dinosaur bones in multiple locations in different parts of the world. Yeah, I've heard about that. How how can there be soft tissue that's millions of years old? It, it, you can't do that. You can, it's it, it's absolutely impossible. I've seen the same thing with with the woolly mammoths they've dug up yeah. out in, in, around the Arctic Circle. Like those are supposed to be hundreds of thousands of years, yeah. of years old, and yet they're digging them up, and these things are are fully intact they have yeah. the soft tissue there you you have they were flash frozen bo yeah. they were flash frozen and in mind-blowing numbers let's talk about that let's talk about dinosaurs real quick and then let's talk about the ice age because those are two things they push on children their fantasy version of these events but the fact is dinosaurs are real they used to be around in large numbers. Now there's hardly any of them left. And what are dinosaurs? They're big lizards that lived on the earth in massive numbers in uh, you know before modern times. All right. Um, and now there's not that many. The word dinosaur was invented in the early 1800s. It means a uh, uh, Oh, what is that? I don't know, big lizard or something? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, something it's, has to do with lizard because yeah. sores is, is relating to lizard. So if I would have, you know, if I would have talked to someone in uh, in 1066, you know, at the before the Battle of Hastings and been like, oh, have you know, like, what do you think of dinosaurs? They would have been like, what? But if we would have talked about dragons, they would have known exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. All well, right. That's one thing I found interesting as of recently. I'm sorry to get off again, yeah. but like... You look at all the different cultures of, mm-hmm. of you know humanity. You look at ancient Chinese culture. You look yeah. at the the culture of, of Anglo Saxons. You look at um, you look at even um, Native American culture. Yeah. All of them have this image of the, this this beast, this winged beast, um, this this giant ferocious uh, lizard like thing mm-hmm. that that previously existed. And the question is like, where did that ancestral image really come from you know what i mean because it's really consistent too and interestingly enough there's there's paintings and carvings of dinosaurs that are very anatomically accurate like 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 triceratopses and stegosauruses and and t-rexes and like it's it's uncanny so it's not like they're not just all these um these winged lizards i mean uh they're they're really anatomically correct a lot of these old dinosaur um dinosaur paintings and 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 carvings and stuff uh 
I mean, like, uh, gosh, where do you even start? That's a whole, that's a whole, I mean, we could talk about dinosaurs this whole time, but basically what I'm saying is that we've always known about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs would be what we would call dragons. Most of the dinosaur bones that we find are fossilized in these washes. Okay. Like, um, look, you know, just look up, um, like a field of dinosaur bones and it's just, it's like a big mangled mess of dinosaur bones. It's like, it's obviously like was put there by an unimaginably massive flood. Um, have, have you ever heard of an unimaginably massive flood that happened sometime in history that killed a lot of animals like dinosaurs, Bo? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you look at you look the Bible, it's right there. Exactly. But it's like, yeah, you do have a point where it's like all of these archaeological finds, there's usually a large amount of of these dinosaurs that are plastered out their mm-hmm. bones are scattered sometimes yeah. um and they all look as if they died fairly suddenly yeah. you know because they're not they haven't it's not like as if they decomposed and you had these scavengers yeah. come along and pick them apart because yeah. you know you usually leave a you leave a cow out and it, let it die and decompose you're gonna have vultures yeah. come and yeah. scoop up the bones you have coyotes take mm-hmm. off the, the stuff exactly and then it's just eventually comes to the point where you, you have nothing left there exactly but a lot of these dinosaurs are fully intact yeah which is an interesting thing that we don't really take into consideration like why would they be intact most of these would well you- i mean you know the the obvious fact of it is they were buried instantly by a massive flood that's that's the only way you can have bones be fossilized and like you said not scattered by scavengers because it's not like you know if a you know when a cow dies out on the range somewhere and if no one comes and picks it up it's not going to get fossilized those bones are going to get eaten they're going to get destroyed by the elements they're going to get scattered around till it's completely unrecognizable that's that's what happens the only way for things to get fossilized is is to be buried under moving water and certain kind of um, sediments. All right, you can actually, it's interesting. I have a book that has a, um, like they talk about like wood being fossilized, petrified, you know, like, oh, it takes millions of years to petrify wood, which is absolutely not true. There's all kinds of things that we have, like there's petrified or fossilized things from as little as, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, but this book I have, it has a uh, a recipe on how to fossilize or petrify the bottom of your fence posts. It's a book from like the early 1900s. And farmers would literally take their fence posts and they would soak them in this solution. And it would turn the wood into stone so that they could bury the fence post. And the bottom would be made of stone and the top would be made of wood. So the bottom wouldn't rot under the ground and then the top still wood. So you can put a nail in it and hang really? the fence up. That's interesting. Yeah. So fossilization is nothing. It just takes certain situations. It doesn't take long amounts of time because if it took a long amount of time, the bones would rot and they wouldn't become fossilized. Again, it's just a pure lie. They just tell people this because they know that people are... are silly enough to believe whatever they're told or or there's no the the evidence that shows otherwise is not put out there enough that it's yeah. dis- discarded as being religious fluff that, that yeah. that's that shouldn't be taken into consideration and, and they shut people down you know like um uh the people who who talk about this stuff get de- discredited 
they lose their tenure at universities. Um, I mean, if you if you're working at a, an observatory and you start to realize, like, oh wow, like what they're saying about stars and stuff isn't doesn't match up with the the secular story of you know the universe being billions of years old because that's not what I'm seeing here. They will cut your they won't let you work there anymore they, they'll say look you're not you, they'll cut your time at the observatory they won't even let you use the telescopes anymore if you're not pushing their their narrative yeah i i totally get that you know i, I i've seen that um you know just in terms of like what the curriculum we are fed you know for all of our lives you look mm-hmm. it through middle school and high school we're always fed the same thing and you're not allowed to talk about creationism you're not allowed to talk about it you're yeah. you, you, oh well well r- the the christians believe in this and this and this and they make it mythical and they make it myth that's exactly where i was going to go it was like they make these biblical events and such into myths into these stories into fairy tales um and i think a lot of times, even Christians can buy into this fact that yeah. like these Christian these these biblical events are almost like like fairy tales, like you know, like like Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, yeah. or, or 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 all of these like the Iliad and the Odyssey, like as if it's just this fiction that somebody wrote, um, and they'll believe it and everything, and oh yeah, well Moses and but it's like this stuff actually happened, you know, you know Noah actually did build an ark and put two of each kind of animal on it and and got the animals through this flood yeah. you know you had people who are actually uh you had this flood actually take place you yeah the red sea was actually split yeah. you know all this stuff actually happened people were actually healed you know and people continue continue to get healed to this day yeah it, all this stuff continues to happen and there's scientific evidence for it yet i think christians are you know are satirized in this idea that that this stuff is is myth, mythological myth, mythological mm-hmm. to, to some degree, um, and I think we have to be really 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 careful with that um, in terms of when it comes to our belief. Yeah, I want to I want to take it to the word here real quick. Um, in uh, in First Timothy, it's funny because in both the letters of Timothy, uh, Paul said in the last chapters of both of those letters it says some like things that are very pertinent to what we're talking about but uh first timothy chapter 6 verse 20 says old timothy keep that which is committed to thy trust avoiding profane babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called all right and that's exactly what they support everything they have with it's a, it's like you said it's a it's a fable what they teach is a fable all right but they make they they make it into science. They they say that it's science, and if you don't believe it, you're you're an idiot. But the fact is that that there's no evidence to support evolution. All the evidence, like we were talking about with dinosaurs, supports the fact that the flood happened. These these big lizards got killed off in massive numbers. Uh, the creation before the flood was very different than the creation as we know it today. Um, and uh, um, yeah, just to kind of go back yeah, to the... It's, it's it's just a big propaganda machine. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, how the dinosaurs die off in these large numbers, and I, lo- I love going back to this dinosaur talk, because, like, you can so easily see it once you kind of put it together. Like, yeah. you always notice, like, when they talk about dinosaurs, there's always these 
these extinction events, you know, these the, the, these world-changing events where suddenly 90% of all of the existing, you know, life just yeah. died off, just out yeah. of nowhere, just out of nowhere within the span yeah. of, quote-unquote, a thousand years out of the millions and millions. Yeah. Like, it's, and then you also see on top of that, you look at creatures that, uh, marine creatures that, uh, that apparently died on the ocean floor yeah. are perfectly fossilized and printed onto the ground. Yeah. You see uh, predators and prey struggling or, or, or caught up in something and, and fossilized together. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, they were they were buried in a sandstorm or something. But it's like, yeah. no, that, that that doesn't make any sense. It yeah. just all of the pieces connect when you really look yeah. at it. You know and. I think we're so quick to look in our in our uh, biology books in our in our history books and see oh well sixty five million years ago but, yeah but it's like it, it, that's it's just simply not true yeah all these all these extinction events quote unquote were one event it was the flood and I think that like you said Christians kind of um, they they look at the flood as like this mythological thing and they they kind of like um, I, I used to know, I know a girl who said that, we talked about this, and she said, um, oh, I just thought they were making dinosaurs up to, to disprove the Bible. Like, I didn't, I thought those those bones in the museum were fake. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. Like, no, dinosaurs are real. They really happen. Those bones are real, you know? God bless her, you know? And, and, I, and I admire her fervence, and like, she's like, no, I'm believing the Bible no matter what. No, like dinosaurs lived in massive numbers before the flood. They were killed off in this event. And 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 the flood itself, like people one of the silliest questions and and you know I'm not I'm not trying to be offensive here, but one of the silliest questions I've ever heard and people ask it all the time is where where is the garden of Eden? Where was the garden of Eden? Is it in like Iraq or something? It's like do you realize that the world was completely destroyed by the flood? Okay, this is an event that we can't even wrap our minds around. All right, the the evidence of it is is very clear. The world basically split in pieces. Yeah. It, it wasn't just a, a flood event. It was a it was a volcanic event. It was it was a a, 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 a a like a cosmic event almost because the okay, Bo, like let me let me let me tell you something. And this is, you know, this is obviously a theory, but it's based on science, okay? You know that the moon, we always see the same side of the moon, right? Yeah. Okay. And the moon used to have a, uh, a core like the Earth does. It had an electromagnetic sphere. Did you know that? I th- think so. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I honestly, uh, no, I honestly don't know. It did. It did. And you know when you look at the moon, how it's 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 white and shiny, but there's like those dark areas. Do you know what that dark stuff is? Uh, they usually say they're, they're craters put there by asteroids. Those that's actually lava, because the moon used to be full of lava, and it had a it had a solid core and a liquid core, and it actually worked in symphony with uh, the Earth's electromagnetic sphere to enhance the the protective qualities of it. Okay. In the flood, the you had the the Bible describes it very clearly. The, the God spread the world, the 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 earth, the the solid ground over the waters. Okay, there was the waters under the ground, and then there was the waters above the sky. Okay, um, 
the water that was under the ground was called the fountains of the deep, okay? And it says, like, the Bible describes the way that the world was watered back then is that is you had these fountains that would just come up and water everything, all right? So the world was basically mostly habitable. Like, now we've, we're covered in these, you know, almost two-thirds of the world is is just a salty ocean, which is hostile to life in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, most of the life that exists in the ocean is close to shores in the shallow waters. The oceans, you know, are very barren places, and there are fish and things that can live there, but not in not in high concentrations and not in high numbers. The world, when God made it, was mostly land separated by, you know, there was probably large lakes and stuff, but these large salty oceans that dominate the globe as we see them today were not the way it was. The world... Um, for one reason or another, was busted open, okay? The fountains of the deep exploded, okay? Uh, think of like um, just the, the, the massive amounts of pressure that would have been present in an event like that. The water came out in such high, um, with such velocity that it literally stripped away the, the earth, the rock and shot it into space and the water too all right and that's the evidence we see that that's what created the mountains too because there was this layer of um this layer of earth under the water the the fountains of the deep and the layer over and when that when it kind of like deflated and there was this sliding that happened and that's why mountains you can literally see the rumples where the the bottom and, and in some places the mountains are caused by the the layer of rock that was underneath bulging up. That's why there's just so much, um, uh, there's so much variance in the different kinds of mountains. Some are eroded out. Some are caused by the the wrinkling of the the crust, like the the top layer crust curling back on itself. Some are caused by bulges of like the basalt and everything that was under there, just kind of bulging up. Um, but a bunch of rocks and water was shot out into space and pummeled the moon, all right? Busted the moon up so much that all the lava in the moon erupted out, but only on one side. If you go to the back end of the moon, there's we have pictures of the, the, the dark side of the moon, um, and it's perfect. We, we have pictures, you know, because, like, the, the side of that faces us is heavier because the lava, all the lava gushed out on that side of the moon and caused it to be gravitationally locked to us. That's why it's always facing us, because it's literally heavier on that side of the moon. The moon used to spin, just like, and it, you know, it, it protected us more from the radiation of the sun. Um, but, you know, that's like people could live to be 900 years old back before the flood. Think about it. Like, there was no radiation, there was no, uh, everything was, the air was higher percentage oxygen and we have proof of that and in the uh like they find air bubbles in amber that that are like way higher like 20 percent more oxygen or something yeah and you you hear about uh like even if you look at evolution they don't just that they don't uh dispel that fact but they they Agreed. Like, yeah, the only reason the dinosaurs exist because the the atmosphere was was completely different. It had a higher level of yeah. oxygen, so it could actually support these larger yeah. these larger animals. Exactly. 
that if you if you had a dinosaur around today, if if we could just like flash a brontosaurus into existence right now, it would it wouldn't live a minute. It would die because it couldn't get enough air. Um, they're 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 literally their lungs are so small, their noses are so small that it would just asphyxiate within minutes and die. Um. Now, I mean, there's some evidence like. You know, that's anecdotal that dinosaurs are still around in some places. There's a, a really interesting story about a, um, well, I guess an anthropologist is, um, I can't, I, again, like I, I didn't know where this conversation would go, but I, I like that because I invite everyone listening to this to do your own research. Look at the thing, you know, watch Kent Hovind's seminars, you know, uh, they're on YouTube for free. Watch Carl Bow's Creation and Symphony. That one's a little dated, but man. It'll blow your mind on how just obvious that it is that science supports um, the Bi- the Bible. You yeah. Know? And do you have any like good books or anything that you would recommend? Really? Um, I'm reading this book now called the uh, the Evolution Handbook. It's excellent and it's cheap and it's like 900 pages. Um, so yeah, I know, but I'll be honest. Most of what I know, I learned from like watching YouTube videos. Like this isn't this isn't some high level of study. This is just like Look at the look at the obvious facts and let's talk about it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like these are just videos like top ten. You know, it's like it's actually like you're watching like these these studies, the these these lectures, these seminars that are coming from from people with with great pedigree who understand yeah. science and, and can back it up with with what they know to be true. You know, yeah. yeah. But looking at there's a also there's an amazing video I I watch uh, on on YouTube every once in a while. Um, it's called the um, what, what is it called? Um, it has to do with the universe. It's um the 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 fine tuning of of the universe. I mm-hmm. think that's what it's called. Interesting. Um, and it goes. It's a like an eight minute video, and it goes through all of these these different um mathematical sort of uh, uh solutions in the in these uh these factors and everything um, that basically allowed the universe to exist and it goes into all of this and it's oh, saying yeah. like if even like one of these was off by one ten millionth billionth yeah. trillionth of a percent like our world would cease to exist as it is either it would collapse the universe would collapse in on itself yeah. and we we would cease to exist or the universe would be barren and it far expansive yeah. there would be no life like all of these little fine tunings all the gravity you look at uh uh rotation of uh, of uh, of of you know planetary bodies you have uh, all of these different things like all of these things were put there for a reason you know and it's not as if we just happened to be and all this stuff just magically happened to kind of be there no yeah. somebody specifically designed it to be that way yeah and they'll say you know oh well there's a multiversal machine that pumps out universes but then you run into the same issue you know how who fine tunes this universal machine that's that's punching out you know universe after universe trying to get the right uh the right (laughs) solutions after time you know it's it all comes back to like if you can't have a universe you can't be here without yeah uh, without a designer fine-tuning all of these things it's the same way i got a watch on my wrist right now like 
all of the little mechanisms without within that watch couldn't just come into being. You couldn't just set some metal and uh, pieces together and wait millions and millions of years and wait for it to turn into a watch. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. There has to be somebody who puts all of this stuff together and, and, and tunes the, the watch correctly yeah. to where it ticks every second. Yeah. And I mean, every piece of that watch from the metal to the gears, to the battery, to the, uh, to the concept of keeping time itself is completely the result of intelligent design. You know, many, many in, very intelligent men working together over years to develop something. Um, I mean, uh, just think of like the skill in metallurgy, metallurgy to, to create the certain right alloys of the metal. You know, like it's stainless steel. Why is that thing not rusting off of you? You know, like um, I don't know what what kind of watch is that. Is it's it? just an Invicta. Okay. It's, it was probably okay. produced somewhere, but somebody designed the watch. Yeah, you know, and, and formulated the design and all this stuff. Yeah. And you look at you know. You look at, you but your wrist is way more complicated than that watch, and people think that that's an accident. Yeah, like your eye, people can't figure out the human eye, and we've had all of our technology and thousands of years yeah. to study. We still can't figure out the, the mechanisms of the human eye and how we can see what we see. Mm -hmm. And isn't it interesting how everything we do see is is concurrent and. and uh, um, and matches what what is necessary for us. We can see yeah. this chair that we're sitting in. We can see the table in front of us. We can see the reflection of the glass yeah. on top of it. We can see the colors of plants and all of this different mm -hmm. stuff. It's unlike we can decipher different things in, about using color. Yeah. It's like all of this was specifically designed for some reason. It just wasn't as if it was amalgamation over time. It, yeah. it, it, this we're here for a specific reason. Yeah. And it's all yeah. determinant by our characteristics. Exactly. And the eye, but, and then also evolutionism creates a, a self-defeating chicken and egg situation. You know, what came first, your eyes or the human eye or the part of the brain that, that, de that determines what this eye is seeing. Cause like what the eyes send to the brain is a, is a mess and the brain makes sense of it. Um, yeah. Like usually the, <laughs> From what I understand, the image is actually flipped. Yeah, it's upside down. It's full of blood vessels. It's blurry. Uh, if if we could, if we had a camera that produced like what the eye saw, it would. It's kind of a. It's not really as useful as what we. It's it's a mess. Yeah, and you you can actually train people to where the the eye will actually flip back upside down. It it takes it takes some. Uh, Ooh, that sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds nauseating. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be wanted to volunteer, but it's like you can put on this specific type of glasses or something, uh -huh. and over time your 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 vision will flip back uh -huh. over again. But then over time, once you take it off, it'll it'll revert and you'll be just fine. Um, wow. But like, how how is it that like all we have all these blood vessels and stuff and yeah. these you know the stuff in the way, and yet we're getting an image constantly flowing through our eyes yeah. that's better than any camera mm -hmm. we could ever produce. Yeah. Ever. And it's interesting because people I've heard the argument that. Oh, well, you know, the fact that our eyes have blood vessels in front of them, like it's this mess, you know, couldn't, you know, couldn't God make a better eye? And it's like, well, no, you know, like if you didn't have blood vessels, 
in your eye like that, the radiation from the sun would make you go blind very quickly. Yeah. Interestingly enough. And then and then the brain is smart enough to, in spite of that, make a crisp, clear image out of it. Um, you, you keep mentioning, you know, the radiation of the sun, and that kind of brings me, you know, to this other thought of, like, um, I think it's really interesting when you kind of think about it, like, why do people need sunscreen, you know, now as yeah. much as, as they do? You, you go out in the sun and you'll burn, you know, if, you, if you're not careful. And it's like, has it always really been that way? Because, like... No, no. The answer is no. I mean, do you do you know anything about this, or is this a genuine question you want me to dive into? I mean, I kind of have a, uh, a loose understanding. I know, like, uh, I, I use coconut oil when I mm-hmm. go out in the sun usually, and that helps out a lot um, yeah. in terms of keeping the sun off of me. And and but I yeah, I still do burn. And I, mm-hmm. my thought is really like, if you just you can go out in the sun and. Um, and and get burnt and stuff but if you're just being careful um you, you can you know become come to a point where you can sustain it and be all right as long as you're getting out the sun enough um i think the sunscreen industry is just a big scam you know just to uh pedal out a product to, to put on your skin that just yeah it just it's just not any good um but well, go ahead and talk about what you're going to say yeah yeah um I do okay. I do want to talk about. Uh, th- th- let me get back to the the ice age and the woolly mammoths because it's all yeah. tied together. Actually, yeah, go for it. It, it, it. The answer to that question is tied into the ice age, which is tied into the flood. Okay, so remember we were talking about um, the dinosaurs died in what is obviously a massive volcanic and and flood event. Okay, that that would be the flood, the world busting open. All right, and it wasn't like. These waters were washing back and forth, and they formed the layers of the earth. It, the The flood is what busted the moon up and caused it to be gravitationally locked. Um, the flood is what caused the ice age. Okay. So remember, we talked about the water just shooting out into space in, in really high pressure. Okay. Now the 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 Bible talks about just as clearly as it talks about the fountains of the deep it talks about um the windows of heaven all right what does that mean um basically and and like we were talking about the air being a higher percentage oxygen earlier how is that possible not only was the air back then higher oxygen it was under pressure as well how is that even possible? Just a big, heavy atmosphere wouldn't solve the problem. You, you, basically, the world that God created was perfect. It was a terrarium, all right? There was a layer of um, of ice, kind of like a, a, a big shell around the atmosphere of the earth that compressed it, and the, the higher pressure is what made animals able to be larger and what provided the the uh, the conditions that allowed men and 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 animals to to live way way longer even after the fall um you know because it says there were people that lived to be 800 900 years old you know either the bible's wrong or that's true and the fact is that that's true because it was basically like a giant hyperbaric oxygen chamber the whole the world mm-hmm. at the time so like think of like the healing miracles of hyperbaric oxygen chambers on a global scale yeah i mean you you have these you can go um, to a to a 
Dick's Sporting Goods and buy this little oxygen tank mm -hmm. and you breathe it and it's like it does a lot for yeah. like um, in terms of when you're exercising in terms of uh, recovery mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and rebuilding yeah. that muscle. It it's great for um, if you're in heat exhaustion and you need mm -hmm. that extra bump, you, you can get that oxygen. Yeah, and that's cool. just like, that's not even like 100% oxygen they're pushing yeah. out. It's just a little percent higher. Yeah. Um, and, and it's amazing what even just a little bit of that oxygen can do for yeah. you. And anyone, I've never been in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. It's an it's a experience I'd really like to have one of these days. Um, but I've heard that when you go into a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, I mean, you feel great. You feel like you could just run a hundred miles. And interestingly enough, if if there was a hyperbaric oxygen chamber large enough to run in, you could run and you would never get tired. Because what causes us what causes us to get tired is I, like our every single cell in our body respires, breathes. Okay, it needs oxygen coming in, it needs to get rid of the waste products. And because the atmosphere doesn't have as much pressurized oxygen as it did when God created it. We get tired. But if 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 there was an oxygen a hyperbaric oxygen chamber the size of like a football stadium, you could run laps all day long. That's you really would interesting. Never get tired. Okay? And that 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 back to the radiation and sunburn. Um did you know that the one of the best things, and we, we touched on this when I said the radiation would cook your eye out. You know, one of the best things to stop radiation is water, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it, that's, it is. That's one. I think it's one of the reasons why they tested the nuclear bombs uh, underwater. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it keeps the radiation from spreading out. Um, so it's it's about as effective as lead. It's stopping radiation, just just a, like a few feet of water, a few, and when you put when you super cool water, like like water in space becomes so super cold, and the molecules align in a way that it becomes metallic, and it will actually conduct electricity. It develops um, magnetic properties, so it would have actually floated on the electromagnetic sphere. And it would have conducted light in a uh, almost like a um, um, what are they called the, uh, the 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 light cables that they um, I'm trying to think what you're saying um, like the like LED or like Not a LED I'm, I'm trying to let's see like fiber optics fiber optics yeah, yeah. like a, like a fiber optic cable almost so like even in the dark even at night there would be kind of a night light from the other side of the world with the sun that the light would actually travel through it's really interesting the the properties that water takes on when it's super cold but one of the biggest things that it does is it stops radiation so in the original creation people wouldn't become sunburned okay so let's go back to the ice age and um the whole world kind of getting destroyed and, and, and how the ice age ties in with the flood because the flood, the ice age was a direct result of the flood. Okay. When the world was destroyed, when, when the fountains of the deep opened up, not only did this layer of ice that was floating over the world get busted up and then like, like super cold water does, it would ride on the electromagnetic sphere and the electromagnetic sphere has two points just like a uh, just like a, a a magnet, you know, it has a south and a north pole to it. 
where it flows through the earth because of the spinning of the metals and everything inside the planet. And those are at the poles, right? North and South Pole. So all this water gets shot out into space, instantly freezes, and then gets dumped on the poles and just starts piling up and pushing out. And that's where you have like this glaciation that's instant. So like you see these glaciers forming and pushing all this rock and they say, oh, it took millions. You know, it, it happened pretty quickly. Uh, all that water got shot out into space, gets pushed down on the poles and starts pushing. That's why the mammoths got flash frozen. Why These mammoths are standing up in the snow with food in their mouth still. They were frozen instantly. Like what kind of snowstorm, I mean, could create the conditions to make that like it's impossible but they were flash frozen by as a result of the flood yeah and then that also goes into the point of like a lot of the glaciers out there are fresh water yeah you know they're all fresh water and around like the arctic and the antarctic they're fresh water and it's like why would they be fresh water you know if they if it was formed out of the oceans you know it just it's really interesting it's and they like they say that it, it's just accumulated snowfall. Well, then how did it get the the, the size and the force that it does? Um, I mean, yeah, like the, the ice can form layers way quicker than they say it does. But imagine what would happen on, on in an event on the scale, the likes of which we're talking about. Um, and when you start to look at the world through the, a true scientific point of view, that these things couldn't have happened unless the events in the Bible really did take place. You start to see that, wow, like like I said at the start of this conversation, if you say you believe in science, then you also believe the biblical narrative because the biblical narrative is the only scientific narrative in mankind. Yeah, I, I wholly believe that, you know, and I see it on a regular basis of like the Bible always rings true and it's amazing. You know, I had one realization uh, probably about a year or two ago about the bible and um you know researching which which books of the bible are true or not you know they have these these extended pieces you know the book of enoch other things like that and i I came to this realization in terms of like uh, thinking about god Mm -hmm. and, and what he would want if god is real and he is active and he wants the best for his followers and yeah. he wants them to be educated and understanding to the fullest extent uh, the fullest extent what he wants for them and where he wants them to go would he not put in place an accurate document that they could always go back to at any given time yeah like it's that's the whole reason i the bible is infallible is because god is real and because he can make he is seen all of time and sees what is required so mm-hmm. he has orchestrated events to take place to where the bible we have nowadays is what is needed to to yeah. to reflect all of history and 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 give us all the information we need yeah no i mean yeah it's like it's so funny that that christians they believe god made the world they believe that god is infinitely wise and infinitely powerful and 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 has can control events at his will but he can't create a book he can't write a book and can keep it pure you know like the 70 books in the bible it, it, people say 66 books but the the book of psalms is actually five different books 
Oh, really? And, and some Bibles actually distinguish that. I have an older Bible, and it has the Psalms, like Book 1, Book 2, Book 3, Book 4, Book 5. I didn't know that. So it's like, I don't know, because it's, it's kind of funny. People say the 66 books of the Bible, and I don't, you know, 666, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, but it's actually 70 books, which is a more seven's a, it's a, it's a Christian a, godly number, in my opinion. Well, uh, seven is a is a biblical, you know, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a biblical number right there. Yeah. You have the seven days of the... Uh, of creation you yeah. know th- like seven is a is a important number yeah so that that would be more in line with it um, you know i i agree um yeah no and, and i mean jesus sent the 70 out the, the the number 70 comes up a lot um and you know try as they might modern publishers try to to take what they can away but god god preserved his word god promised to preserve his word and i believe 100 percent that he has you know um we can the bible is one of the only books you can get for free almost anywhere like uh i i you know i went to um saint matthew's house here it's like a for those of you who don't know saint matthew's house is basically like a uh, like a thrift store it supports this drug recovery ministry my dad's have with uh saint matthew's house they're great people but they um yeah yeah it's really excellent but they have a whole shelf there of bibles and 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 other like kind of christian books and if and if they ever get donated a bible they don't sell it they give it away for free and i went there and i picked up like five or six king james bibles um and I've given them out and stuff. I don't. I I still have one left because it's it was it's I don't know. It's a really cool old Bible, and I want to get it. Um, I want to get it leather bound. Yeah, and everything. I, but I think it is really beautiful to see the distribution that is taking place. Yeah. You look. You go to any hotel anywhere, and yeah. there's a Bible. Yeah. In, in the drawer somewhere. You go to almost any country out there. Uh, even if they have, if the Bible is banned, you can get the texts yeah. from underground churches. Like yeah. it's. The Bible has just beautifully just kind of come across the world and and and, and rooted itself in all of humanity and in, in every yeah. culture out there. And I think it's amazing just to see God's hand in that. And it's the seventy books that are available in the Bible, and they're the most. It's the most readily available, easy to get your hands on book in the world, the most widely published book in the world. And I think that kind of answers your question right there. You know, like, like the book of Enoch has things in it that obviously are not scientific. Like, like there, it talks about like a giant tree and, and all this different, like they're just, it's unscientific, silly. And it was, it's not biblical. It's not God breathed. All right. It's a, it's a book that was written by, uh, some cult of Judaism mm-hmm. in um, sometime, uh, you know, back in, in ancient days, you know, when, when the, um, I think it was written in like the second century AD or something. And it, it's just, it's just obviously not real. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unscientific and it, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's not biblical. Yeah, and I I've seen that I was well with like I think there was one other book I forget the name it might have been the book of Joseph or something the book of Jasher the book of Jasher I think or- is one that circulates and the Bible talks about the book of Jasher refers to the book of Jasher but the book of Jasher that we have available to us is not the book of Jasher that's referred to in the Bible mm-hmm. it's it's a, a kind of a it's a modern um, contrivance. Mm-hmm. It was just made up by someone. They they wrote this book and and it kind of like to, to 
take advantage just to sell books. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's obviously a a, um, a farce. It's not really, you know, if God wanted us to have the original book of Jasher, he would have preserved it. It would be readily available, as ready available as as the Bible I have sitting here right in front of me. And it's not, you know, like it, it served its purpose to the ancient Jews and... We don't have it with us anymore. Yeah, and I I remember and there's that's the way God wanted it to be. Yeah, I think I remember there was one other book. Um, this book about um, I think it was about the early life of Jesus, and it talked about where he basically formed mud and made like a a bird or an owl out of the mud, and it flew off. Um, and it's like you read that, and it's uh, like I just don't really think that really aligns with what God would have, you know, for uh for his people you know in, in the, the the creation behind there the science behind it uh, and i think i mean even if it was true i think um what we have now we may not fully understand why some books are left out or if some books ring true or ring are, are not true um but although we do have evidence for for a good amount of them um but i think it's really amazing to see how much all of the books of the Bible align with one another yeah. and, and cross over and reference one another um, to create this beautiful story that in when you really look at it, the story of the Bible, the story of the Christian God mm-hmm. has, is the foundation for, for culture and society as it is. You yeah. know, you have these stories of knights and, uh, and this, this idea of a creator and a good, a beginning and an end and a a struggle a conflict um and you see all of these stories that have come out as a result you look at the best stories of all time you look at shakespeare you look at um you look at dante uh alighieri you look at all of these people all these stories these beautiful beautiful stories and it's like all of them are drawing back from the one true story, the 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 fable that is not a fable whatsoever. It's actually the reality of the world. You know, they're looking to emulate this. They're they're looking to emulate reality. You know, they're they they fail in, in some degree. You know, obviously there there's mythology this this false and and is can be. Uh, fleshly or demonic but uh, they're all drawing from something and i think that something is the the story of god and that uh the formation of it in the biblical texts at the end of the day and i think it's beautiful to see that in all honesty yeah no the bible needs no substitutes it needs no helps it needs no supplements and um the holy spirit is totally able to teach all of us what he wants to teach us from the reading of God's word, which is the Bible. And that's all we need. Yeah. That's all we need. We don't need some book of Enoch to, you know, it's funny, the people that get wrapped up and look, oh, is there, are there books taken out of the Bible and this and that? It's like, well, why don't you read the Bible you have, man? You could spend your whole life reading that over and over. Every time I read the uh, a book in the Bible over again, I get more things out of it. It's a living document. It's amazing and it's deep and it's it's it it, it takes focus, you know. It, it God speaks to us through his word and um 
it's it's fleshly and prideful to try to find some kind of secret knowledge that's not can like that is unavailable to everybody the it, knowledge is all right there exactly we've been studying it for thousands of years and we're still finding new stuff to this day there's yeah. no there's no we don't know all the knowledge within the Bible. There, we don't. We don't have full understanding of the wisdom. In fact, we won't have the full understanding of the wisdom until we join the Father. Yeah. At the end of the day, but that's what makes the Bible so amazing: is that we are constantly drawing stuff out of it. We're constantly gaining new things out of it. Um, and like yeah. you said, it's a living document that's constantly speaking. Yeah. And then prophecies are still coming true, and there's more prophecy. To be fulfilled, um, like the Jews being, uh, if we would, if we were having this conversation in back in the cowboy days in like the eighteen seventies, and I told you that that in less than a hundred years, there, the nation of Israel was going to be a real thing, and that it wouldn't just be a, a, a desert wasteland, you would have laughed at me because in eighteen seventy, the land that is now Israel was a desert wasteland, and there weren't very many Jews there. And God brought that prophecy to fulfillment within very modern times, under very extraordinary circumstances. Um, and that's just one example of prophecy still being fulfilled. The Bible is as relevant today as it ever was. And... We would all do well to spend more time studying it. We all need to take it very seriously, and we need to come away from. If if I if this if if you've listened to this up to this point, the one thing that, Lord willing, you take away from it is that the Bible is true. It is scientifically accurate, and it is extremely relevant to you right here, right now, in this modern time. And it's just as relevant to you, just as relevant to you now as it was in Jesus' day, as it was 500 years ago in medieval Europe, as it ever has been. The Bible is 100% true, and we need to study it, and we need to take everything it says as a serious fact. All right, the flood really happened. God created the world in six days. And as surely as God created the world in six days, and as surely as the flood did happen, because that's scientifically proven, Jesus is going to come back, and the world is going to be judged. All right? Um, This world is going to end. God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Um, And it's going to be fantastic and i uh i really look forward to seeing that and we all need to remember that yeah this life is is interesting there's there's beauty there's pain there's struggles god's with us through it all of and and when we trust him and we follow his commandments there's blessings in this life but the biggest blessing and the biggest gift is eternal life and that's that's the free gift that god gave us um, when Jesus died on the cross. Amen, man. This has been great, Wes. I really appreciate you coming on and just talking. Um, I'm sure we could honestly talk for hours and hours just about this very thing, you yeah, know, going is... more into creation. 
we've been going now for like almost yeah, an, hour, an hour and 40 minutes hour 40 minutes yeah but um no but we've had a great time um i've learned a lot um i'm really excited to read more until what wes has been telling me and um look at these lectures and inform my conclusions and, and and come to understand the truth more um as a result um and it's been great you know the modern counterculture as a podcast yeah it, it is focused on culture and this generation um and it, it focuses on that but the core of it like i've said in in the previous episode which i, I need to release still but uh like I've said, is the core of it is these Christian values, these this understanding of the truth, um, yeah. and I will stand by that. You know, I will I'll interview people with different understandings, and um, I'll pray for them. And I I always end with a prayer, um, and uh, that's the root of it all. You know, even if we have our differences, that will be the the. Uh, the rock that I formed this on. So no, amen. I'm, I'm amen. glad that Wes, you know, can come on here and talk about, uh, this, uh, this issue, this, this subject that is, that he has a great passion for, um, and that he can, we can, uh, come to provide you a better, uh, better understanding of, of the world and, and God's world, uh, through the, this podcast. Um, and we encourage you to do more research on this stuff. And, um, I'm looking forward to to doing research for myself, but um, yeah, I just uh, thank Wes for coming on. Um, I'd like to ask if you'd uh, pray us out, you know, just uh, over the podcast. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, if anyone hearing this wants to, you know, talk about it, ask anything, or, or you know, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. Just look me up, Wes Lockery. Um, Wes spelled W-S. My last name is spelled L-O-U-G-H-R-I-E. I'm not hard to find. I think I'm I'm like the only Wes Lockery out there. So it's a yeah. pretty unique name. But yeah. Um, you put out uh, good stuff too on, on Instagram. I would, uh, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, help you grow in your faith. If you want to talk about any of these, anything pertinent to this or, you know, any prayer or whatever. I'm, I'm always, uh, just send me a message or something. I'm, I'm always available. But yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, thank you, Bo. I, I really look forward to seeing where this is going. Um, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been fun. I, I like. I mean, I could keep talking for hours about this. I love. Um, yeah. I, I'm really, like you said, I'm really passionate about this because it, it's it's alarming how obvious the truth is, and it's disgusting how easily it is subverted. Um, but it's you know it's like Jesus said in John. Uh, John chapter three, you know, this is the condemnation that light is coming into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So people hear the truth and it's clear to see every day, but they choose darkness because their deeds are evil. Um, and it's really sad, but hey, it's exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. So we should take heart in it. You know, if the, if the, like, um, like it says that the way of truth will be evil spoken of, Paul said that, and here it is, the, the, the truth is evil spoken of, you know, it, take the, it, it should be encouraging to us. It should be encouraging to us how they try to sully the truth and hide the truth and make the Bible look silly and stupid, even though it's the least silly, least stupid thing there is in, in, um, and all of human knowledge. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lord, thank you for, thank you for this opportunity to talk about your word. Lord, thank you for 
the platform that that you've blessed us with here. Lord, thank you for the abundance and peace that we enjoy here in the United States and uh, in the Western world. God, bless your people. Grow us in faith and knowledge and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the resources to spread your gospel to every corner of the world. God bless those people who are struggling in, in difficult places in the world, who are persecuted for their faith. And God, I know that you will give them a crown in heaven and reward them for the persecution they've suffered. Lord, you're so good. We trust you with everything, Jesus. You say in your word that if we ask for wisdom, you'll give it to us. And Lord, I pray for more and more wisdom for Bo and I and for everyone that hears this. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen, man. We're going to have you back on because this has been awesome. This has been great. Um, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on and sharing your time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm available, absolutely any time, you know. I'm, I'm, I'd, I could talk about this all the time, so and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, um, all right, everybody. Um, I'm Bo Boatman, and this has been The Modern Counterculture.